Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. Hello, this is Rich Lee from St. Bonaventure University, and welcome to one of Happy to Greater Olean's um, regular podcasts. This is a first podcast of the semester, and I'm very pleased to have J.W. Cook on with me. Um, J.W., you know, thanks for calling in from Washington, D.C. Well, thank you for having me. Okay. J.W. is, um, I guess, well, the biggest story in the nation right now, obviously, is um, the inauguration of the 45th president, which will take place on Friday, and we're fortunate to have kind of a, a local connection to that, that 11 students from St. Bonaventure University have been spending, um, looks like, nine days in Washington, um, you know, building up to the inauguration. And I know I've been talking before we started the podcast, you really have a, a jam-packed um, you know, schedule. But, um, J.W., you know, most of us have been, you know, following the inauguration, the confirmation hearings, all of the happenings in Washington, you know, from afar, watching them on TV. Uh, can you give us a sense of what, what it's like to actually be in the city there, you know, where things are, are, you know, happening all around you? Well, there's a lot of uncertainty, uh, Mr. Lee. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of what's next for the for the executive branch and the presidency you know we we met yesterday with uh the former uh senate historian who is now um senate historian emeritus don ritchie and you know in all of his time in being a senate historian he's never experienced any sort of inauguration like this and he reflected that in his talk with us the other day at the osgood center uh, there's just a lot of uncertainty in terms of everyone that we've spoken with, um, whether it be cab drivers or even people that are working on the Hill as staffers right now that we had dinner with the other night, some alumni. Nobody's really quite sure what to expect next and what's going to come out of not only the confirmation hearings, but what's going to happen on Inauguration Day. Yeah, that, that's really interesting because like, one of the things I was you know interested in finding out from you, I mean, it's you know, a big deal for those of us who, you know, haven't been to inaugurations or aren't in Washington. I was wondering if it's, you know, kind of like a typical day, run-of-the-mill thing for the folks in Washington. This happens every four years. But I think what you're saying is even for the folks who live down there and are used to, you know, transitions, um, there's um, a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, there. it's just clouded with uncertainty, honestly. And, you know, the inauguration, even for folks that live down here, uh, yes, they've been through these uh, transitions before. Um, they've witnessed huge transitions of power from administration to administration. But this is completely different. And it's completely different in the sense that we do not know if what Donald Trump is saying he's going to reflect in his presidency. We've heard this from policy analysts and, again, people that have worked on the Hill. The sense on the Hill right now, and, again, these are staffers who I won't name, but a lot of them are saying word on the Hill is maybe impeachment. Maybe he's a two- or three-year president with a resignation. We're not sure. And these are all uh, feelings that uh, members of the staff on the Hill have told us. Uh, it's it's really an interesting feeling. But again, people that actually work here and live in Washington are just as baffled at this, uh, having witnessed, you know, inaugurations all the way back into the Carter administration. And uh, they, they don't know what to expect either. Yeah, that's really fascinating and also like, you know, uh, um, a bit troubling as well. I'm curious as to, you know, your own, you know, personal, you know, because I, I know you follow politics pretty closely. When you got to Washington, um, what was 
you know, what was similar to what your expectations were and, like, you know, what was, you know, different, like, you know, how, how did it differ from what you expected to find down there? I guess the thing is what's really different for me is, I, first of all, physically, I've, I've never been to uh, an inauguration. I've been to Washington several times before. I've seen the memorials. I've done the tours of the Smithsonian's, everything that every tourist has done. But when you're down here and you witness the barricades come up and you see the fences put up and uh, the the porta bodies all over the lawn and everything, um, it really turns into just quite a spectacle of uh, a huge change here in, in the government uh, on the physical level. And then also with policy and following the confirmation hearings from news reports and things like that, it's really cool to be in such close proximity to history being made right here. Um, it's a completely an over completely different and overwhelming feeling of just almost awe that you're actually standing here on such a historic and monumentous event that is completely different from anything that you've ever witnessed before. And with me right now that, uh, that is joining us is Keegan Miller, who is actually a junior at St. Bonaventure university. She's also one of the 11 students that is here right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to put her on as well. Uh, Dr. Lee, here she is. Hi, Dr. Lee. How are you? Good, good. And yes, I do know Keegan because you know we we had a class together last semester. And, uh, yeah. You know, ha- having followed the um, election, it was. Pardon, what's that? It was on the same topic too, the presidential election. Yeah, exactly. I was going to ask you know, having you know followed the um, election as we did you know you know last semester so closely. You know, what is it like for you to be down there? You know, and follow all the you know, events leading up to the inauguration and know that you'll actually be there when you see the president inaugurated. Yeah, um, I think it's such an awesome, phenomenal experience. Um, I definitely think the class helped because I had a lot of background information. Um, Of course, we all see what's in the news and things like that, but since we covered so closely issues and things that were going on in the media with Trump and um, Hillary Clinton as well, it has really helped to give me a foundation for coming down here. Um, but being down here is just such an awesome experience, no matter what your political views are, just to be here for such a monumental inauguration. Um, and it's definitely, I agree with JW, it's such a great feeling. We were actually in um, the African American Museum today, and there were pictures posted from Obama, and the pictures of just all the people and um, where they're standing and at the Capitol and everything. It's really cool to know that I'm going to be doing that same thing on Friday. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, before you got on the call, I was you know explaining or talking to JW about how you know all of us are following the story from where we are in the country, but you know to actually be there and get a sense of you know what it's like in the city has got to be special. And you know his he was telling me there's a really a tremendous amount of uncertainty in Washington from everyone from the staffers to the cab drivers. Are you sensing the same thing from the people that you've spoken with? Yes, um, especially our speakers. One in particular that was a historian um, who you would have figured, you know, after studying the Senate and the House and presidents would have kind of an idea of where it's going to go from past history. Um, But even Mm -hmm. he stated that he has really no idea where this administration is going to go or even how the inauguration is going to go or anything to follow. Um, And that seems to be the theme down here, even with, you know, the cab drivers and our speakers and everybody that we run into. Nobody really seems to know what's next. Yeah. 
What's I mean? What's been the reaction to that you've gotten as students? You know, have, I've looked at you know, some of the things that I know you have a Facebook page and people have been blogging, and it looks like you know the you know professionals there have been very receptive and have been you know interested in talking with young people. Is that you know your experience as well? I think so. Yeah, um, everybody that we have came into contact with is very open to giving us advice, talking to us, um, answering any questions that we may have, whether it's about the House or the Senate or President-elect Trump or how the election went, anything that we ask, they're very open to talking about it. Um, but, again, there's that uncertainty that they can't always answer our questions fully because they're also unsure. Yeah. Now, I know you've, you know, gone to a lot of events and, you know, multiple events in different days. Um, can you talk about, like, you know, some that have been your favorite? I know you talked just a few minutes ago about the African American History Museum, but, you know, other than that, are there other things that have really stood out in your mind that are really going to stick with you for a while after you leave Washington? I think one thing, uh, definitely, Dr. Lee, uh, the first day we got here, actually, on Saturday, uh, or I'm sorry, Sunday, the next morning, actually, we went uh, on a on a tour of the Capitol. We walked around, a lot of us independently, and one of the things that I know uh, Keegan also witnessed, too, was um, the dress rehearsal for the inauguration and uh, witnessing the staffers out there with uh, white signs on them indicating who they were. You had, you know, Senator Mitch McConnell and Senator... Uh, Senator Marco Rubio, and you had the uh, president-elect and the vice president-elect and all of these positions. And then, you know, they they turned on the speakers, and we stood right there on the the west portico, and we stood right below that and watched uh, the, the entire ceremony play out in a dry run and over the speakers they played, you know, Hail to the Chief and the National Anthem, and they went through all of it, and it was incredible to get a sneak peek at what this is going to look like. Obviously, we will not be that close, but um, to be that close and to see, you know, how it all plays out, it's, it's going to be fantastic. And I'm, I'm really excited, um, politics aside, as an American, to just be able to be here in a democratic process and witness a peaceful transition of power. Not too many countries uh, do this and, and are able to do this consistently every single four uh, years, and we are able to do that. And that is a, you know, that is part of the democratic process in the United States. And I can think of no better way as a as a United States citizen to be able to witness this firsthand. Yeah, um, I think that that's an. I'll go ahead, Keegan. Yeah. I'm just, I was just going to agree, kind of, with what JW said. Um, that same day, the group that I was with, we were all together and then kind of split up. On the opposite side of the Capitol, they were also running through for when um, the new Trump family will say goodbye to the Obamas and then walk them down the Capitol steps and then they'll take off. Um, so that was very cool, too. Um, and then I, I wrote this in one of my blogs, but I have been to D.C. before, but there are some students with us that have never been to D.C. And it's a very different aspect being down here right now. Um, everything has scaffolding around it. There's fences up. There's trailers everywhere. There's roads closed. So I think that that's a really cool way to see D.C. too. Um, I encourage anybody who's here for the first time to come back at another time to see D.C. just because you can't really see the White House right now or the Lincoln Memorial. Um, but it's definitely a unique way to see Washington, D.C. 
and to see all of the work that goes into this one presidential inauguration, just because you don't really get that feeling when you're watching it on TV and you don't really get to see all the venues that they have to put up and all the time and the effort into just putting up, you know, a simple fence or chairs. So I think that that was really, really interesting for me. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be great to be that close, um, you know, to history. Um, do you know where you're going to be on Inauguration Day? I, I know KW said you know, you're not going to get as close as you were for the rehearsal, but, you know, where you'll be when the, um, you know, president is sworn in on Friday? Uh, yes. So we're actually going to be uh, parallel to the Native American uh, Smithsonian. So we're actually going to be right on the mall. We were able to actually get tickets. Um, so we're in the we're in the silver area. Um, our group is so it's right before all the big wigs and you know the really premier tickets. Uh, we'll be right there standing. Obviously, there's certain restrictions of things you're not uh, allowed to bring, um, and we learned that one of the things you're actually not allowed to bring uh, when you're in this area is an umbrella, and it is supposed to rain that day, so we won't uh-huh. be able to have umbrellas. It's going to be a cold, you know, it's going to be a wet day that day. Not not as cold as it's been years past, um, but, uh, you know, the rain the rain will be a little bit of an obstacle. But, again, uh, that Senate historian uh, is, you know, Don Ritchie, when he was talking about the inauguration, he said he's always been asked in years past, well, what was the weather like that inauguration? You know, what did the weather look like? And uh, he's always forced to become a weatherman or a, a forecaster um, in, in the future uh, for, you know, shows like C-SPAN um, and other shows that he's always talked on, NPR being one of them as well. So it's very interesting how weather is going to have an effect on this. Uh, but we will be on the mall that day, yep. So right parallel to the uh, Native American History Museum. Okay, that's right. I don't know if you had a chance to see any of President Obama's last news conference today, but he was asked about, you know, the number of Democrats who are boycotting that. And he said, I'm not going to comment on that, but I can tell you that I'll be there with Michelle. And I've been checking. He, he even became a weatherman. He said, I've been checking the weather, and I know it's not going to be as cold as it was when I was inaugurated for my first inauguration, which, um, if you remember, I know you guys were, you know, younger then, but it was a really bitter cold day. You get it through, you know, thousands of people out to the mall. So. Um, can you, I mean, before we, we go, we have a few minutes left. Um, talk a little bit about the program that you're both taking part in and like how it all came about and, you know, how the two of you got involved with something you had to apply for and be selected for. So th- this program is through the uh, Osgood Center, and uh, how we were chosen for it um, is a little unorthodox. A lot of us are uh, members of SGA. Actually, all of us are members of SGA, all the students on this trip. So we have a, vari- a variety of majors. We have bio majors, uh, philosophy majors, journalism and mass, uh, mass communications. Um, we also have philosophy. I think I already said philosophy. Yeah, and uh, political science as well. So we have a wealth of majors. Um, oh, and also uh, international studies and Spanish and Spanish as well. So we have a we have a number of majors. But uh, one thing that you know we haven't really stressed that much because we're just right now in awe of the inauguration, writing our blog posts. We're on little to no sleep right now. Uh, most of us are getting about five four hours of sleep every night with our schedules as crazy as they are down here. We're trying to witness everything we can. But when we get back, um, all these different majors and disciplines, what we're going to do, the uh, the 11 students that are here, we're going to sit down and we're going to um, put all of our blog posts 
together and will also be analyzing the first 100 days of President Trump's administration. So, you know, we have students, like I said, that are biology majors. They're going to be looking at this from a completely different lens than a political science major or a philosophy major or um, our Spanish major that's also on the trip. So we're going to be looking at these from different lenses, recording this, and then at the end of the 100 days, we'll be doing a presentation in the spring for faculty, administration, students, and anybody else that would like to attend, local community people as well, um, to come and see uh, what our interpretation of these first hundred days are, and as we track that, as we track them, how they unfolded. So um, it's it's going to be a really interesting experience. So, and we'll hopefully also be able to broadcast that when we present it. Um, we have met with a lot of alumni and board of trustees members while we were down here, and they may not be able to make it in, but they're very interested in seeing our final project. So that will hopefully be something that's available for faculty or staff or alumni that also want to view it, but they can't be at St. Bonaventure physically. Okay, that's great. Now you kind of anticipated what my next question was going to be, which was, you know, what you're going to do when you get back. So I'm glad to hear that it'll continue and that you know, you're going to look at that first 100 days. And, I'll, you know, along with other folks, we'll, you know, look forward to hearing what your analysis is after 100 days. So um, let me um, ask each of you one more question to kind of, you know, wrap up with. And that's, you know, in this you know, election, there was a lot of cynicism. You know, a lot of people were not happy with either candidate. A lot of young people were turned off to the point where, you know, they didn't vote, which I think is very unfortunate. But, you know, you're, you're both involved. You know, you follow politics, major in, in political science, and now you're down there in Washington. What, you know, message would you, you know, give to your you know, fellow college students, fellow young people who are, you know, you know just maybe voting in their first election? Uh, well, Keegan, why don't I start off with you, and then we'll finish with JW. Uh, that's so hard. Um, yeah. So what advice would I give to somebody who's voting for the first time? Yeah, no, just, you know, what what message would you give to, you know, maybe someone who's cynical about the political process and, you know, maybe to to the point where they may not have voted even though they had the chance to? Um. So I guess I'm also in this class. Um, this was the first presidential election that I was able to vote in. Um, I was very hesitant first to vote because I wasn't thrilled with either candidate. Um, and I aligned more in the middle of both, so I found it very difficult. Um, but I would say that it's, it's important to vote, um, to find some way to make a decision on who to vote for and to vote. Um, at one point, I was unsure if I was going to, you know, was I going to vote for a third party? Was I going to vote for, you know, the Democrat or the Republican? Um, but I think that it's really important to vote and, and be educated. I know that I've written this on, like, a ton of papers that I have submitted to you. Um, but to do research, you know, if you're really not sure, it's really helpful to do research, you know, looking on the campaign websites of the candidates, looking at CNN and Fox, looking at multiple news sites, looking online to get all of the information. Um, and even making, you know, like a list of what things you find appealing about one candidate against another one. Um, and then ultimately, you'll come down to who is just better. Um, and I think that that was a lot of what a lot of people had to do this time around because there wasn't a candidate that was super appealing to them. Um, but I think that it's really important to vote as citizens. You know, we have the freedom to do that. And I think it's important to exercise that. So I would just say, 
um, to do the research and put in the time, get information from others who are well-educated, who you look up to, and then ultimately make a decision based on who you feel will represent you in the best way. Okay, that's a good answer. And you you may recall, I'm sure it's, you know, something I, I probably mentioned a few times in class that, you know, we have more information available than ever before, but I think we also have to work harder to get it and to balance it, you know, to, to sort out the valid information from what's, you know, not valid. So, you know, if if you want to take the time, it's certainly worth taking the time and investing in the time so you make the, you know, the most informed decision, you know, the information's there. It's just um, not going to be spoon-fed to us the way, you know, maybe it was in the past. So anyway, JW, you get, you know, the last word on what, you know, message would you give to, um, you know, other young people? Uh, I guess the thing is, and you said it in the in the original question, this was a very divisive election and there was a lot of cynicism. And, and being here in Washington and, you know, I, I came down here with this mind of, I, I was very, I was very apprehensive. I was very, uh, I'm, I'm still, and I, I still am. I'm still a bit angry about how the results came out. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hurt that this is who America has has put in office. But at the end of the day, this is the president of the United States now. Donald Trump is going to be our president, and you, you don't want him to fail. You want him to do well. You want him to represent all the American people. You want him to move forward and unite us as a public after a divisive election. I mean, you you take a look at uh, some of the best inaugural addresses in the past. You've got Jefferson who came out and said, we are all Republicans, we are all Federalists. You have FDR that said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. These are two extremely powerful messages coming out of very rough times in our nation's history. And we just went through a very rough election. We went through an election that is going to be, that is going to be recorded in the history books as one that was extremely divisive, that divided the public uh, at its very core on social and economic issues of all kinds. But at the end of the day, we are all Americans. Barack Obama today got up in his final press conference and gave messages of hope despite all of the cynicism that is still out there surrounding these confirmation hearings, surrounding uh, President Trump's message. He is still hopeful, and we need to still be hopeful. We need to still fight for what is right. We need to fight for what's in our hearts. And I do believe that the young people in the United States still carry that optimism. So I would just say keep moving and keep moving forward and keep moving onward towards progress because the minute we stop and we get frustrated and throw our hands up is the minute that we let the opposition win. Okay, and that's um, a great sentiment to close on. So I wanted to thank you, um, J.W. Cook. Thank you, Keegan Miller, for joining us on the Tap Integrator OEN podcast. Thanks for the folks who are listening. Uh, we'll be back again next week. You know, Check our website and our Twitter and Facebook pages for the time and topic of the next podcast. But um, to um, JW and Keegan, enjoy your time in Washington. Enjoy the inauguration, and we look forward to seeing you back at St. Bonaventure next week. Thank you, Thank so, you so much. much. Okay. Good night. Good night. Good night.